0: Uh,
1: I'm rolling, but let me make sure. Wh- me adjusting my thing, make sure it's bugged in. I'm sorry, I'm late, I swear to God, it, something fucking happens every goddamn week now. Right before we record, I'm dragging ass.
0: Whatever happened to the big fraternity? Whatever happened to titties on TV? Whatever happened to The Branch Davidians We We watched the government Kill dozens of them Live on TV
1: (laughs) Uh, Shit Did you ever watch that miniseries with Michael Shannon and uh, Taylor Kitsch? I think it was it played. No, I never did. But the Branch Davidians, pretty good.
0: I meant to watch it, never did. I I want to share something with you guys. This article I saw. It was making the rounds like a week ago. It's a, it's in Bloomberg. Um. I don't, I don't know what the. I don't know. I guess it's just like a roundup of market activity but this guy is writing about the price of nickel. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's about nickel prices. Okay. If I'm you gone. sell if you sell nickel futures at a price of $25,000 per ton and then the price of nickel futures goes up to $100,000 per ton, then in some simple arith- arithmetic sense, arithmetic sense, you have lost $75,000 per ton. If you sold 100 tons of nickel futures, then you have lost more than $7 million. But if you sold 150,000 tons of futures, the math changes a bit. It becomes nonlinear and relativistic. If you sold 150,000 tons of nickel futures at $25,000 per ton, and then the price goes up to $100,000, your banks will call you up and say, "Uh, you have lost $11 billion, can you pay that please? And you will say, I would prefer not to, and an insane series of events will happen. Here's the insane series of events. One, the nickel exchange will cancel a bunch of trades and declare that actually the market price of nickel is $48,000 per ton, magically reversing most of your losses. Then the exchange will call you and say, okay, let's close you out of that trade at $48,000 per ton. Then you will say, no, this is still too much money for me to lose. I prefer not to. Then your banks will say, well, okay, how much are you willing to lose? You will say, "I would close out <laughs> zero
1: dollars, the- <laughs> sir. Please, <laughs> nothing would be nice."
0: You will say, "I would close out this trade at thirty thousand dollars. That's how much money I'm willing to lose." Your banks will say, "Okay, fine. We'll wait for nickel prices to go back below thirty thousand dollars. Meanwhile, we'll just lend you the money to stay in the position." They will. Eventually, nickel prices will go below thirty thousand dollars, and you will get out of the trade at a modest loss. If prices never go below $30,000, then I guess your banks are very sad, but honestly they're pretty sad about all this anyways. This is the white glove treatment that only the biggest customers get. So, uh I thought that was interesting.
1: Obviously So because- you really you can't go broke if you're rich. No, you can't go <laughs> yeah. broke if you're big enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'd like to wait till conditions are optimal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is too much of a loss for me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going to wait until conditions are awesome, optimal and cash out at just, you know, uh, a modest loss of the cost of a Wendy's number four. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes, sir, Mr. Aushenkloss. It's just like thinking about like just how much money
2: these people have and like what to them is like a calculable loss, like, you know? Yeah right versus like people like you and I and it's like you know these people lose a million dollars and it's like you know duck off of what it's like water off a duck's back you know what I'm saying it's like couch change for them totally you you wake up you you find out like fuck
0: I lost 11 million dollars in the nickel trades today uh then you go to your bank and they're like well that's a problem for us too so how much would you like to lose and you just (laughs) pull out a number like 30 thousand dollars and they're like, "All right, sounds good to us. <laughs> like, we'll front you the money." I don't know. It's it's just a fascinating example. It sounds
1: like it sounds like a promotional thing for when you sign up for one of those internet <laughs> gambling sites. <laughs> right. Like right. they'll give you your losses back on the first, if like you uh, like lose a certain amount or whatever. Right. Uh,
2: man, I've uh I've overdrafted many times, uh. Uh, many times, <laughs> and I I only wish that I could call my bank. And be like, hey, man, can y'all not only take off the overdraft fee, but could the money that I didn't even have in my account. Could you also, like, can I we negotiate this down to, like, maybe 35 cents <laughs> or some shit like that? You uh-huh. know what I mean? Instead of, like, $350, please.
1: It is obscene we live in a world where they will send a pack of bloodhounds and a angry mob <laughs> after you for that $30 in overdraft fees. But these guys that lose billions of dollars in these fucking risky trades can just say ah uh, let's just reorient that a little bit I can't really I don't really yeah. want to lose that much money Uh huh. Yeah. yo that's why I like Bernie Madoff
2: uh, the dude who uh, rest in peace by the way I think right the dude who uh, you know did the pyramid scheme and some yeah. shit like that the Ponzi scheme the only reason he went to jail is because he ripped off rich people man right. you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> like rich people rip off poor people and everybody else all the time and it's fine because that's the way it's supposed to work
1: yeah uh-huh. Yeah. you start shitting where you eat then it, they they start acting funny And start getting all moral about it. Exactly. Bertie made off looking around like, why is it only me? You know, this reminds me, so this morning I was, my mom's at the hospital right now. This morning I went up there to kind of help her do some things. And uh, the phlebotomist and one of the nurses were there and and one of them made the comment, like, man, can these rooms get any smaller, you think? Because we were just like all in there like shuffling around, you know, trying to make space for one another. And she's like, yeah, they can actually. I think And she goes, I know they can get bigger. We've, they've got the whole wing with the VIP rooms, and I'm thinking to myself, like if in a, in a just society, every room would be a VIP room. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, like every every plane would be like first class and not economy. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Right?
1: Isn't that? But it's like grotesque that like in the healthcare system, there's VIP rooms. You know what I mean? god damn that dude. is you so- can't even die with <laughs> dignity <laughs> and, they, and I mean. they call them that <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like change the name at least and don't let us know about their existence
2: <laughs> god damn it you know you know what made me think too i mean like i mean i guess this no no this doesn't make sense when my dad had the stroke they got a stroke center at a grady hospital down here in atlanta and it is one of the most like state of the line like cutting edge sort of uh, stroke centers in the country you know and it's because like you know having a stroke is a serious illness you know right. yeah. but then like you know every other like ward of the hospital like trauma and shit i'm not saying that these aren't also like um you know well equipped but they're just not giving the money right? right obviously that you know that the stroke center does so it's kind of like man right. what if everybody uh what if we treated uh you know all uh all people that have uh, health issues the same you know yeah
1: like you say it tom I wanna be the the, d- stroke, the stroke's because every second counts with that, but you know yeah, I mean? but it's true. still it's like yeah, like why do we have to like <laughs> so, like why does the heart center have to be a piece of shit? You know what I mean? But the <laughs> yeah, other yeah. center, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm, I wanna be the director of the stroke center. That's right. <laughs> you wanna be the director? I'm the director. I
1: started to actually send you all a funny little quip about that, U of is like the stroke ma- they had like this big sign that said like Experts in stroke. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I that to, yeah. I'd
0: be the stroke. Da- I'd be the stroke, Danny. If I was the executive <laughs> director the of daddy? the stroke center, I'd be the. I'd make them all call me
1: Stroke Danny. Yeah, I'd go <laughs> apply for a job, and say, "I'm sorry, sir, you're grossly underqualified." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Your stroke need a little work. Your right. stroke needs a little. You you lip it right. there, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, back into it.
0: Well, let's see. Hot off the presses, we got Jim Harbour Michigan's Jim Harbaugh. Never known how to say his last name, Har- Harbaugh. Um football coach. Football coach, head football Hardball. coach. Harbaugh. Hardball. Uh he spoke at a uh charity dinner over the weekend. He spoke out in support of the anti-abortion movement. Um I like I really loved his comments. I just wanted to read them. Um uh, speaking at a fundraiser hosted by Plymouth Right to Life, I really like that name. Plymouth. It's like the implication that is it like the Plymouth Rock. Like this nation was founded on the right to life. It's like this nation that was famously <laughs> genocidal. It was founded on, yeah, pro life,
2: definitely pro life. Yeah, making sure that people live as long as possible and as well as possible. Oh, man. It's the American dream, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like the nation where we
0: had to genocide lots of people to make it happen.
2: Uh, you got to break
1: it The down. only nation in the world grandstand. About. <laughs> Grandstanding. About with life, like bone, pro-life, so. yeah. yeah. Uh, England, I suppose, to, <laughs> but for different reasons. <laughs> he said, in
0: God's plan, each unborn human truly has a future filled with potential, talent, dreams, and love. I have living proof this is the statement that I don't understand. It's it's like a philosophical impossibility. I have living proof in my family my children it's like Steve King saying that he imagined himself as an aborted as, as an unborn baby as a abor- aborted baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> as an aborted baby. <laughs> and then I decided <laughs> So, wait. So, Jim Harbaugh said that. Wait, this so is, this is what he
0: said. Sorry, I didn't finish the because quote. Because
1: he had kids, that's proof abortion's <laughs> wrong. I guess so. <laughs> because he did something that literally is our only purpose here, like, <laughs> biologically speaking.
2: I think. Because I love my children, abortion is wrong. He said, yeah. I have
0: living proof in my family, my children, and the many thousands that I've coached that the unborn are amazing gifts from God to make this world a better place. To me... The right, he's right. So to, abortion should be good. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you're right. It's like, so are you saying it's good? You wish your
2: kids got <laughs> aborted. <laughs> like fuck the kids. It's
0: a, it's an underhanded insult to his own fucking progeny.
2: And all, and all the, all the people coaches and shit. But no. like,
0: he t- he attempted to do like a kind of political. Uh, I don't know, like pithy saying, because this mm, is what he he said to me: the right choice is to have the courage to let the unborn be born. Uh, so
2: yeah, so let let, let yourself you have the courage to allow the state to
1: force you to have a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, Hell yeah, definitely. That's funny. It's like yeah, like all babies should be born, but like when they get to be adults, they go all Darwinian. You know what I mean? It's like well <laughs> now. You got sink or swim, pal. You know, yeah. What?
2: Yeah. What was he trying? Yeah,
1: we don't. We don't care after you born, but right. you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck was he trying to say there? That's a very weird statement. I've living. I have living proof in my family, children, and the many thousands that I've coached that the unborn are amazing gifts from God to make this world a better place. Like, do you see ghosts, Jim? Is Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> Is he like the kid in Sixth Sense? Haley Joe
1: Osment. That's what happens. <laughs> helly- that's yeah. what happens when you've played in the NFL for 15 years and you get CTE. you see ghosts. You start seeing yeah. unborn Herschel Walker. Man. The unborn Herschel Walker, classic. <laughs> Herschel Walker don't see ghosts, he starts seeing all all of his unborn children. <laughs> all his born children i should say
0: they're popping out of closets and shit with that motherfucker. yeah he's haunted by his children they're <laughs> animating objects and shit like that yeah <laughs> oh,
2: shit. Oh, oh, oh god goddamn! yeah man these people are fucking insane i mean it's just like it's like it's just i mean this goes without saying but it's like okay like yeah, life is, you know, I guess life is great. Well, you know, that's debatable. But, like, okay, like, but what about the women who, like, are forced or the people that are forced to have children? Like, it's not great for them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, it's not an unequivocally good experience, right? If you can't have kids or you don't want to have children. Right. You know? It's like, dude, shut the
0: fuck oh, up. Oh, yeah. I mean, have the courage to let the unborn be born. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's extremely callous. This is an extremely callous thing to say. Uh I don't know man. He's mm. He said I love life. That's what he said.
1: <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, <maybe> he's <laughs> I'd love life too if the University of Michigan paid me uh five million dollars a year to uh call kids pussies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Man. Yeah, I'm just gonna start saying it, man. I'm pro-abortion because I hate life. You know, <laughs> man,
1: it's just <laughs> I hate myself. I hate life. <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate how things have ended up for me, so i <laughs> I'm changing <laughs> my position here.
2: Rubbing my uh my pregnant sister's belly, like damn, yo, you have no idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have no idea what's out here for you, man. Oh, oh shit! shit. <laughs> oh damn it.
0: Um. Well, uh, okay, moving right along. We're doing a little headline uh, touring right now. The U- U.S. Secret Service has determined it has no new texts to provide Congress relevant to its January 6th investigation. Have y'all kept up with all that? Like, the, the Secret Service, like, er- erased...
2: Yeah, I saw that they erased text messages. I saw that, but I didn't really pay attention to it because I was like, I read the headline. I was like, of course, I don't need to read any deeper into this. That makes perfect sense that they would do that. But so what's what's the deal now?
0: I guess like the committee had requested this, this, these text messages between the Secret service and they erased them. I don't know when, at what point. Which the day of? <laughs> I didn't know that that was possible. I thought that like even if you deleted them off your phone and your homies uh-huh. deleted it off their phone, it still was saved somewhere, right? Like I was led to believe yeah. that nothing, it, unless it's like a phone conversation on an unbugged phone. Yeah, that's my paranoia uh, yeah. belief in this. But I, hell, I do.
2: Hmm? Well, it's like we were talking about. Go ahead. Go ahead. though. No. 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 No, I was just saying, it's like talking about like the different rules for rich people. Like, there's different rules for like the Secret Service. Uh-huh. You, know? <laughs> you know, they'll be looking at our group chats, you know, hopefully not really, but Secret Service. But not, as man. soon as we
0: need to see theirs, are like, nah, we
1: deleted those.
2: <laughs> we don't got those, we deleted those.
1: Secret <laughs> Service is like the goofiest like law enforcement structure because they really only have like three jobs and it's like to investigate. Counterfeiting, internet gambling, oh yeah, and the president's security detail. Just <laughs> like three the, incongruous jobs, you know? Well, I guess the are first two. Other two not. Yeah, why are the first two even internet gambling? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I was investigated by the Secret Service for internet gambling once.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> Agent Josh Fisher. I forgot about that. Like they like came Field to your service. front door.
1: Yeah, I was in my underwear. <laughs> I said, uh, <laughs> i said sir i'll i'll go ahead and dress myself he came in there it was a wild thing man they fucking okay so what they did was i'll tell the abbreviated version but basically they were questioning my cousin's internet gambling activity and they made me go in my bedroom in the apartment and the guy said you got anywhere to be in the next little bit gotta use the bathroom or anything i was like no he goes okay and he turned my TV up in my, in my bedroom up to where I couldn't hear what they were saying. And he stuck a towel under my door. What? These two strange men in, in suits did this. This and they is terrifying. Went, they went and interrogated my cousin. and Then he came back and just let me out. And then like, they brought me in there. and they didn't, they didn't even do anything for Adam. I guess they got what they wanted or whatever or, or didn't get what they wanted. They asked me, like, one question about this guy from my childhood that I know. That Terrence knows, too. A yeah. bit. That's all they asked me. Men, they gave me their card and did went you, away.
0: Did you get the sense that they're honorable men? I mean, have you... Have you all heard about this? There's, like, this story about Secret Service agents getting bribed. I think they were assigned to Jill Biden. And they were bribed by these two men who, like, gave them free iPhones and what? all this shit. Yeah, like... It,
2: it it's it's like to not to not guard Joe Biden, <laughs> like he's like yo dude, I just need you to walk away. He has like a very long duffel bag. <laughs> I need you to walk away for like ten minutes, and I'll give you this free iPhone.
1: <laughs> These guys are like letting Joe Biden okay. get domed for like a like a pair of iPod uh, <laughs> or like what do you call it? AirPod Max for Obama phones? Not, not e- you remember
0: Obama even- phones? They're like giving him Obama phones. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> They're giving him some random shit. They open up like a they get a sharper image like magazine mm. and like open it up a random
0: page. Yeah, yeah, first... yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, It's the thing you put on your desk
0: that like is the pendulum <laughs>
1: yeah i'll like, yeah, have so the at-home pedicure machine just uh in exchange just turn a blind eye when, when an active shooter turns the fist on Joe biden give this motherfucker a food processor uh, yeah, let yeah. <laughs> i'll let you dome the president for a belgian waffle maker <laughs> <laughs> being
2: interviewed years later on fucking 60 minutes or some shit was it worth it yeah. Yeah. I got a George
1: <laughs> Foreman grill out of it.
2: it was- <laughs> I got a grill. <laughs> Can't ask for much of this country. In
1: 2012, I had another dust-up with the Secret Service, if you can believe <laughs> it. I was uh, interning at the Clinton Foundation. And my boss gave me her lanyard and elevator pass to take some stuff up to, like, Bill Clinton's apartment that's on top of the place. Hmm. Which is like, nobody was up there, you know, but they were getting ready because he was coming, like, the next day or later that day or something. Well, there- I guess he got... I guess he got there early, because mm-hmm. like they were up there, but nobody was supposed to know that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So she she would give me like the pass to go up there all the time, and just put shit like in his closet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went up there, and there was this Secret Service guy that was pacing in front of the elevator, and he put his hand on his hip, and I go, whoa, 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 I'm just, <laughs> whoa. whoa. I'm there. And I'll never forget the last thing I would have saw before I died was a, a big Arkansas Razorback mascot made out of Legos right before this guy just domed me. Blood splatters
2: over on the basket. Yeah, he goes, God, bro, damn. he
1: goes, man, I didn't know anybody was supposed to be coming up here. I freaked out. I was like, what's up? God damn it. Oh, shit.
2: Oh, man, you shared the same, uh, the same uh, airspace air as uh, Bill Clinton.
1: That's interesting. I did. i in the same room. I breathed so, his. <laughs> breathe I breathed air. the same air he breathed. Unfortunately,
0: <laughs> yeah. Last week we talked about how bad. How I need to seek out one of those TV lawyers for all my exposure to various uh, weed killer chemicals over the years. You need to do the same for being exposed to.
1: Uh, I need the to. Same. I need to seek out a number of clerics. To, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. To exercise yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you're I need, a, I need a
1: priest. An <laughs> yeah, exorcist. Your
0: contamination yeah. is on a more cosmological, <laughs> <laughs> metaphysical <laughs> level. <Indeed. laughs> um, oh, shit, man. All right, I'm moving on to the next thing here. This was sent to me by one Aaron Thorpe uh, and oh, yeah. one Tom Sexton, actually. As well, th- this <laughs> You morning. got it
1: from both angles this morning. I got it from both <laughs> angles,
0: yeah. Um, nuclear power is racist, sexist, and ageist. So why do some progressives support <laughs> <Yeah!
2: laughs> no. it? No, I saw that this morning, man. I was like, "Yo, I never actually read." I just it. put out the joint, man. It's like I got to pick that shit back <laughs> up. <man." laughs> well, it's funny you sent me that.
1: It's it's actually fun nuclear to me seems pretty ist in general yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know like the thing it, yeah. about nuclear is it it, uh, it kind of is one of actually just one of the handful of things that does not respect race creed color gender or anything exactly <laughs> it, <laughs> you know. exactly. What, really one of the only things you can say that about
2: yeah. it's not unique in that category now that right.
0: I'm <laughs> right now that I'm reading it I see where they're going but yeah, you're right it's not unique by any metric uh but it did it's funny that you sent me that today because i had to go get my oil change this morning and i was like sitting in the waiting lobby or whatever and i was reading that like mother jones mother jones wrote a long profile of blake masters Mm -hmm. um which by the way has a youtube clip of him rapping in college which is really, really, really bad.
1: Like Jeez. I was a better white rapper than Blake Masters. Still, still, now you still are. <laughs> 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 be, and that's as true today as it was then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But like this article, I mean,
0: it's you know pretty good. It just gets in his relationship with Peter Till and mm. uh, and about how like Blake Masters was like a libertarian in college. And is now, like, a monarchist, uh, teal-backed um, national conservative, basically. And But it had a fucking hilarious quote from Trump in it that I'd never heard before. So, like, they were at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're at Mar-a-Lago. Set the stage. Mar-a-Lago. Set the stage. They're at Mar-a-Lago, and Blake Masters is, like, trying to get Trump's endorsement for the primary. The primary is still ongoing as of today. I think they vote, like, it's weird. The primary in Arizona for that race is in August. Um, but, uh, so, the, the, it's still in the primary. And at the time, this was like a month or two ago, Blake Masters was trying to get Trump's endorsement, and Trump hadn't given it yet. Um, but... Just dangling it like he, a carrot. He was dangling it like a carrot. He did He did eventually give it, Um
2: do a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but like here here he's like giving a speech at Mar-a-Lago. He says, and he's, and he's like kind of, he's like, th- I think this is his pre-endorsement speech. He like gave a speech that hinted that he would endorse Masters and then gave a later one. But anyways, he said, you see what's happening to our country, which is frankly going to hell. We've never experienced anything like it. It's also the most dangerous time in the history of our country because the N-word, that's the word nuclear, is being used all over the yeah. place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other one. Yo, dog, I'm not going to lie. Anytime I hear the N-word, I'm like, oh, okay. I know what's about to come next. I really thought. That for a minute I really like It was kind of like some Pavlovian response You know what I'm saying yeah, I yeah. really thought I was gonna hear that ch- You and, like, There's a
1: perverted party That kind of wants to hear that. Oh of course I was like yo
2: let's go Come on <laughs> Fucking oh ridiculous God. This is Just
0: the, it's the, the the most dangerous time In the history of our country Because the n-word That's
1: the word nuclear Is being used all over the place <laughs> Do you think he had a moment where he was like, oh, wait, I know how that sounds, <laughs> oh, and then man. he, like, corrected himself, or do you think he was just being a provocateur from the From the I'm stuff? sure
0: he knew. I mean, it's
2: just... He knows. Surely. He, has he
1: has to know. It's just so
2: absurd. I mean, it's just absurd that you could say... I mean, yeah, he has to know. He has to know. He's just an inflammatory individual, man, so, I mean... I could I could totally see him saying that while being aware that uh, uh nuclear is not the N word that most people think of when they hear the N word. It's like this other guy, this dude on CNN, one of these fucking, um, State Department analysts or some shit like that, who is like um the N word, uh, NATO or some shit like that. You know, he's talking about like the fucking Ukrainian war. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, come on. That, that, that is that's uh,
0: you. You're right. Like I think what it is. Is they're pissed off that they can't say it anymore, and so yeah. like they're they keep playing with that new paradigm w- yeah. with you know the fact that that phrasing of it is so widely yeah. used now, yeah. and so like they're intentionally it's like a dog whistle you know what I'm saying it's but it's like <laughs> yes yes I don't know it's uh,
2: they're like they're like it's they know it's like they can't say it anymore. And they're like playfully, like I don't know, man. I don't know how much of it is conscious or not, uh-huh. but it's like play, like it has to be subconscious mm-hmm. in a way, right? Because it's like playfully doing it, you know? Yeah. Because I see this shit all the time, where like you know, white people just like itching to say the word, and it's like, dude, like I'm not gonna give you the pass. <laughs> also, why do you want to say it? What the fuck is just wrong with looking you? looking yo? at you like that? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> <I'm> like
1: <laughs> yo, but... like hey, bro. Yeah, you know, I just me and you, and it. it's just me and you in here tonight. You know, yeah, it's
2: just me and you. <laughs>
1: Just me and you and the birds, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's tonight the night. <laughs> just me and you and this blunt, man, you know? Yeah. You know, sometimes you rap, you rap it, and you just, you know, you slip
2: up, man. It's fine. You, <laughs> you rap it along and <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: fuck up. Tonight the night.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, that one killed me, man. God damn, that one killed me. That's hilarious.
1: That's I'm nuclear. That <laughs> nu- that, that yeah, that's
2: nuclear for those of you in the back.
0: <laughs> um,
1: oh shit That got me <laughs>
2: um,
0: Okay so for the remainder of this Episode I wanted to read From this article That was in Vice And I have to commend the journalist Who went And reported this story I don't know how he did it uh, I myself could not have done that uh, without losing my mind or without strapping some c4 like um like uh what's his name in first reformed uh <laughs> you know what i'm talking about <laughs> uh ethan hawk um but oh first reformed first reformed yeah oh. sorry sorry to give away the sorry to spoil it spoiler spoiler alert um but uh this is in vice the article is called among the landlords three days in st louis with 200 landlords at the 21st annual mr national landlord convention <laughs> um, oh
2: man where's that at again we need to we need to send some uh send some goodies man <laughs> yes, yes, yeah.
0: I i mean honestly i was shocked as i was reading this and i was reading all the comments from all the landlords i was like do they know we're reading this? Do they know that, like, we know that they hold a conference where they say stuff like this every year? Like, I mean, I didn't know before this article, but I do now.
1: Uh, (laughs) uh, Hey, Norton, I know that you know that I know that you hold a (laughs) conference where you all say things like this. Um...
0: Okay, it's kind of long, so I'll be skipping around a little bit. But halfway through the first day of the 21st annual MrLandlord.com National Landlord Convention, a conference in St. Louis where landlords gather to trade secrets, commiserate, and sell each other information.
2: the landlords Wait, gave can out I just say trade secrets? Trade secrets. How to further exploit and impoverish people. That's
1: just fucking
0: no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, Jesus. And they will get to some of the secrets in this article. Um, the landlords gave out two checks with great fanfare. Jeffrey Taylor, Mister Landlord himself, brought a struggling tenant to the front quote unquote struggling tenant to the front of the room and handed him a check for three hundred dollars a three hundred dollar check. We wanted to let you know uh, no, that land- his
2: rent, though. I bet. Do what? I you know, said so how much is his rent, though? I bet. Oh you uh, yeah, three I'm sure his red is three hundred dollars,
0: three times that. Yeah. Um, we wanted to let you know that landlords aren't all bad, Taylor said. The check was originally supposed to be for $250, but landlords had come up with a little extra.
2: <laughs> $50 extra out of 200 people, bro? Hey, <laughs> not looking for a pad on the back here. Not looking for it. We all each gave 10 cents to make this $50. Right.
1: <laughs>
2: Just that, like at
0: a convention, like at a conference, where they're all surrounded by, you know, conceivably their allies and stuff, it's like the most they could kick in is 50 more dollars. They're like, I'm feeling a little bad. 250, well, 50, 50 more dollars icing on the cake. Um, Immediately after Taylor handed over the check, amid applause from the crowd, Taylor called St. Louis Sheriff Vernon Betts to the front of the room to give him a giant-sized novelty check for $1,000 made out to the sheriff's office. Taylor said he'd called the local media to witness this moment, but they hadn't come. Then he explained that like the tenants check, the sheriff's check had been increased from the planned one thousand dollars to one
2: thousand one hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yo, these are the, the these cheapest are the most miserly, these are the most miserly bubby ass motherfuckers ever, dog. They're so cheap, yo. It's disgusting, man. Well, and it makes sense. Like, if
0: you've ever asked a landlord to fix anything, like, they'll always go with, like, the cheapest option. Yeah. Like, Tom, me and Tom used to live in a apartment where I had moved out by this point, but eventually, like, the roof just caved in. Mm. <laughs> like, it just, the roof literally just fell in one day. There
1: is a video of... People shouting, watch out, watch out, and the next thing you see is my foot just dangling from the ceiling board. (laughs) From the rafters.
0: Uh, Taylor explained that he got the idea for the donation after reading that the St. Louis Sheriff's Office was struggling to purchase basic supplies. We wanted to let you know that landlords are not all bad. We want to be seen in a positive image, and we appreciate all that you do in assisting us. I love that because it's like they're even miserly towards... Like, the only... This article is kind of interesting because it kind of proves that, like, the only people giving the cops money are municipalities like the capitalists Mm. and landlords aren't like even though the cops literally exist to serve their interests and protect them like they're not giving they're not paying their paychecks we're the ones paying their fucking paychecks out of municipal coffers like even when it comes down to it the fucking landlords
2: can't even like cough up more than eleven hundred (laughs) dollars which i mean the only reason they have that money is because they're fucking landlords so once again taking money from us to then just give some the fucking exactly, cops, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Exactly. And also, I was thinking too, it's like, yo, dog, if I had got, like, let's say if it was, you know, like I went up there and my landlord gave me a check, I would just be like, hey, dog, like, what about asking you to come fix X, Y, and Z two weeks ago, you know? Like, uh-huh. instead of giving me the money, I mean, give me both. Like, why the fuck not? <laughs> right. Fix my shit and give me more than $300. Uh huh. Or take rent off for like three months, man.
0: Oh, right, right. No, I mean, it's inconceivable. Uh, Uh, Sheriff Betts addressed the audience for about 20 minutes. It was mostly about evictions. He said that the eviction moratorium had been hard on him and that he'd spent a lot of time quote-unquote refereeing between tenants and landlords who wanted to evict them. In the city of St. Louis, once I come to evict you, you can't carry anything out of that house but what you can carry in your hands. That's tough, ain't it? The furniture and TV, it all belongs to the landlord once I come. Uh landlords in the St. Louis area filed requests for more than 18,000 evictions since March 2020, according to public records. Um, seems kind of heartless, almost, Sheriff Betts continued, to put a person out and all they can carry is their purse and the clothes on their back and all that kind of stuff. But I found myself during the moratorium doing a lot of refereeing, trying to help on both sides. I was a landlord once myself. <laughs> okay. Mm, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
2: of course you were.
0: Um... So, okay, the, the, the Mr. Landlord website, it's, so the Mr. Landlord is a website, like MrLandlord.com, and every year they hold a conference, every year since 1999. Um, landlords are, okay, so this is blah, 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 as he's writing here in the article. Um, some, some landlords now see the terms, quote, unquote, landlord, and of course, slumlord as slurs and would prefer oh to be God. referred to as, quote-unquote, housing providers.
2: <laughs> First,
1: they came for the landlords, but I did not speak out.
2: <laughs> like, what are you talking about, man? Every, what the fuck? Oh. Every,
1: like, identity that has, like, a PR crisis. Like, remember yes. Christians rebranded as followers of Christ? <laughs> oh, dog, I saw a
2: tweet today that said some shit like that. We should call them theocrats instead of Christians.
1: Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> House- oh God, man. Oh, so
0: okay. So your housing providers, um, I, I just I love that. It's like how yeah. it's like they've rebranded since. It's another example of how the pandemic kind of reshaped a lot of our um, sort of core assumptions about the way society operates. But in their minds, and this article gets into it, what is behind the term housing provider is that they serve like an indispensable role in a community. Which is that they provide housing. Um, that's the way they see themselves. They see themselves as a part of a community, helping people out. Hey, notice what off my back, you know? Like we're just we're yeah. helping you out. Like we're doing you a yeah. favor. I didn't
2: I didn't build the house, but still <laughs> I don't own I don't I didn't make the land until the land that the house is on. <laughs> but I'm gonna rent it. To, like shut the fuck
1: up, man. I see myself as a. a more handsome, less portly man with a lot of money, but that's not just borne out <laughs> under scrutiny though, you know? <laughs> um, uh, let's see.
0: In recent years, websites like Bigger Pockets that explain how to buy and manage rental properties have cropped up and become popular among a new generation of landlords. Bigger Pockets now boasts more than two million members and has the tagline Live life on your terms with real estate investing. The Mr. Landlord community, meanwhile, feels like the old guard. Um, Because, like I said, this website Mm. and this conference started in 1999. Mm. Um, So, um, okay. We're talking about... Let's see. Facing a declining empire, rising prices, and an uncertain future, the landlord instinctively understands the new American dream. Get rich enough to buy your way out of capitalist wage systems. Everything has gotten more expensive. Inflation and corporate greed have driven up the cost of living for everyone. Rent, which always goes up, is creeping up to what landlords call market rates. Entire elections are being run on platforms related to homelessness and housing. The landlords who attended the conference are ready to move beyond COVID and its attendant moratoriums. The theme of this year's convention was, in fact, "quote unquote," moving beyond COVID. They're ready to raise the rents
2: <laughs>
1: <coughs> and eager to get ah, back. Ah, folks! It sounds like it's like okay, like life's back in the saddle, like everything's good again. What we're we gonna do? We're gonna raise them rents. <laughs> <laughs> it's open season. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, from its various landing pages, the curious landlord can learn about Mr. Landlord's quote, fantastic landlord getaway cruise. Learn from top real estate professionals professionals while having the time of your life on the high seas. There's no better tax deduction available. Could you imagine the, he- the like, just the just the hell of being on a fucking, it's in the middle of the high seas surrounded by nothing but landlords.
2: But landlords? Y'all yeah, jumping in that water, dog. And I can swear, but I won't, though.
1: I don't see. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> Just jump in and just don't swim. Just swim Yeah, just like like
2: put your arms to your sides (laughs) flat with your knees like your legs tucked together and just fucking (laughs) (laughs)
1: Just just
0: (laughs) intentionally
2: breathing in water.
1: (gasps) What are you doing? I'm trying to drown myself. I'm trying to drown myself. They try to throw you like a life, like a lifeboat and shit like that?
2: Like the little floaties? Nah, man. I don't need it. <laughs> I'm good. By the early 2000s,
0: MrLandlord.com was selling a CD-ROM tenant tracking software system for landlords. A piece of software, Taylor said, normally sold for $599, but could be yours for a mere $399. I was like, I, I like how they're also just bilking each other. Like they're also just like <laughs> constantly conning and scamming each other. Um, let's see here today Mr. Landlord's online presence is dizzying there's Mr. there's the bespoke page for the Mr. Landlord Landlord Convention there's a website called Landlord Coach where you go if you want to hire Taylor to give a pep talk to you and your organization it features a list of his upcoming uh, I'm good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it features a list of his upcoming speeches blah 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 his YouTube page um, other threads, concerned neighbor, reporting debt, tenants from hell, fake renter moves in, used for poison ivy, which advocates using poison ivy to keep out home intruders. That's something I've not heard before.
1: Uh, what? This <laughs> fucking Christ, dude, what? Also, you know, the- also, dog, uh, you're, uh, okay, let's say that that was okay, which it is not. Like you're playing the long game because like poison ivy takes a little bit to work. It's not like it's (laughs) gonna stop the initial intrusion.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you gonna send this motherfucker home like three hours later? He's gonna be itching and scratching and shit like that. What is he (laughs) allergic? Yo, dog, if these people could booby trap that shit like some fucking Indiana Jones shit. Like, I swear they would do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'd have daggers the come out the Doom, walls right. and shit. Yeah.
0: yeah I'm a, I'm, my <laughs> rental properties include the Temple of Doom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the walls closing on you, literally? Yeah. Right? I'm, re- yeah. I'm
0: renting out the small, always enclosing space in the Temple of Doom for $2,000 a month. <laughs>
2: when you get there, they make it even smaller and then up the price? <laughs>
0: another long thread considers the question of whether users should brand themselves as housing providers not landlords housing provider says we provide a service a good for the community service we provide housing we work hard we contribute what does landlord convey it implies superiority i think it's an outmoded outdated should be abandoned term um
2: you know what's insane about that just real quick what's so insane about that is like they keep using this word "provide" like a service. No, motherfucker, it's a necessity, <laughs> which does not make you like this ultra altruistic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like generous, benevolent motherfucker. It means that sh- you are a lord. You're a landlord, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fuck? Hey.
0: And then in, in their minds, though, like the social or the property relation has been mystified to the to such an extent that. They really literally do see themselves as benevolent force in society. Yeah. Um they do. and it drives them insane. That fact that they know deep down. They know they know. I mean, come yeah. on. We all we know that you know
2: that we know. That we fucking hate your guts. Right. You're fucking a vampire, a societal vampire. Right. right.
0: <laughs> and also just like in in like literature and like just it, just even just going back to biblical times, I feel like the idea of a landlord. It's just like you're never gonna shake that. Like that is something that like has been around for so long. We all know yeah. what you do.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. When when Adam Smith was calling you the dregs of society, that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit.
0: Um. Okay, so he talks about. The room was packed with about 200 landlords. He said, I saw old landlords, young landlords, boomer landlords, millennial landlords, landlords in cover- coveralls, and landlords in business casual. I saw a boy- saw green landlords, purple <laughs> landlords. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a boy of about 12 who wore a suit every day. I saw a schlub in bo- boat shoes and a Hawaiian shirt who, I was told later, was a state representative from Indiana. Uh- I saw a old woman leaning on a walker to keep steady. I saw a black man who owned more than five hundred properties in the Chicago area. Um, mm-hmm. For all their diversity,
1: they're shocking. Hey, they ain't got out. <laughs> my man Michael Jordan, like, <laughs> 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 also known as Michael uh, Jordan. Hey, keep uh, keep his the out of this. <laughs> um,
0: Mr. Uh-oh. Landlord himself. This is his three rules for excess success. One, don't take it personal. Two, do not leave it up to the judge. Three, start delegating in small ways. Um, so I guess what he means by that is, uh, he says, he, "Okay, he hammered on a few different themes in his op- opening. One was that landlords should raise their rents. A lot of imagination, just you know, just really, yeah. you know, breaking the mental, uh, just you know, mental bank. Raising rent is not a moral question," he said. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, he is right about that. He's right about that. It's not. It's so right. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a social relation. Um, as a landlord, Taylor was concerned about COVID, not just because of the disease itself, but because of the overwhelming change it brought. COVID has been bad for landlords, he said. It was and still is, tough for many. Some f- feel like they were taken advantage of because they knew that their residents were still working, and yet, for whatever reasons, they claim they couldn't pay. Um. So, okay, this is the kind of the part I wanted to get to that has like a little bit of the anecdotes from the people there. The conv- convention was mostly a series of pitches. Almost every speaker was there to explain a trick or technique that will help a landlord make money. For $597, Mr. Land Trust, Randy Hughes, will teach you how to use an elaborate system of trusts to reduce tax liability and legal risk. For $1,997, Wall Street veteran John Burley will teach you the secrets of raising private money. Paul Disney, the owner of a real estate investment company, came to St. Louis to teach the landlords about quote-unquote navigating treacherous roads. Um, his seminar is about dealing with lead paint, criminal tenants, comfort animals, and sticky regulations in general. It's about the strange Jesus legal Christ. gray areas landlords must navigate. Do you run credit checks? Do you deny based on credit scores? Can you ask for social security numbers? What if someone tells you their pet alligator is a service animal? Can you deny people because they're on probation? Um, A lot of them are good tenants because they're being watched, he said. Uh, Yeah, well, that is probably true. We are under constant surveillance, and they have all of our fucking data at this point. Um, When he got to the issue of lead paint, the audience perked up. People had a lot of questions. More regulations are coming, and that means big government. And Big government doesn't mess around when it comes to lead paint. Attendees joke that they won't be buying properties constructed before 1978, the date at which
2: extra regulations kicked in. Um, Yo, these people, y'all just have to say, it's like just the callous nature in which they talk about, like, potential and very serious health risks to people's lives. And they're so, not even just miserly, but sociopathic, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That something like lead paint, it's like, yo, what happens when? I mean, this is not going to happen, but it's like, yo, you don't even, you literally just care about like, like the rent, right? Like you just care about the, this person as a tenant and a renter. You don't give a shit if they die in their apartment, totally. Right? No, I mean, you you see how like it 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 forces them, even if they are
0: a good person, or mm. even if they if if they see themselves that way, or if members of their family or the friends of the community see themselves that way the imperatives of that relation require them to be callous and cruel at the end of the day. I mean...
2: Exactly. It's not a moral... It's the same thing in the left, right? It's like some of these arguments are not just moral arguments for these people. That's all of it. That's like anything but a moral argument, right? uh, Like you said, Terrence, it's a social relation, right? It's just a function and a process, right? Yeah.
0: This is the part that I thought was great. I was sitting next to Kevin Booz. I don't know how to say his last name. Bouse. B o u s e. I was sitting next to Kevin Bouse and his 19-year-old son, a third-generation
1: landlord. (laughs) Yo, what is this like? Ah, ah, Just the old family (laughs) trade, parasitism.
2: (laughs) Right. <laughs> My daddy didn't do shit My granddaddy didn't do shit My granddaddy before him Didn't do shit either <laughs> I mean yeah Ninth generation
0: parasite
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: A lot of land landlords Okay hold on Um Blah, blah, blah. Disney, meanwhile, droned on, talking about the nationwide scourge of bed bugs. A landlord in the crowd, su- crowd suggested scheduling home visits with prospective tenants before they move in to make sure they aren't bringing bugs with them. How the fuck would you do that? You would have to, like, examine their whole body and, like, all
2: their fucking personal items. Like, it's yeah all their personal life preferences like what if it's not even about bed bugs what if you just see something that you don't like you know and you're like nah you can't rent to this person exactly you
0: know? I mean a lot of renting, they put posters
2: I f- on the wall or some shit you know?
0: I-, I feel like a lot of renting is already just that like you'll get denied for something and they'll probably give you a false pretense like yeah. oh uh, a floorboard I had to do extra work on it but it was really just because <laughs> your, your credit score is like 610 or something yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny It's like they start like they keep your like credit report monitoring and every time it goes down they go like take something out of your place they rent you like Yeah, yeah I don't know if we can have a toilet this month. You drop down to six eighty. Uh, dog if you're
2: talking about, you know how you said Terrence, like, they had the CD-ROMs in the late 90s, which were like, tenant surveillance? Yeah, Tom, it'd be hella crazy if, like, they could just have an app, like, an Internet of Things where all of this information is, like, channeled into this one source where you could just, like... And know, then they like, just you
1: raise can... your rent accordingly, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if you're Like, if your credit score dips, your rent goes up, which is also the stupidest goddamn thing in the world because it's, like, like, wait a second, like... If I have bad credit, like shouldn't you try to be making my terms easier? Cause you know I ain't gonna pay that shit back. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. I'm
2: not gonna pay this shit back. Why are you making it harder for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of this is fascinating
0: because it's it's mostly about how landlords truly hate humans. Like they love houses yes. and they hate humans. Like, listen to this. Even each other. Yeah. L- listen to this. During a presentation on taking nice photos for Zillow, a a set of photos of this house came up. Someone in the crowd yelled, it would be perfect if you didn't put a residence in it.
2: (laughs) Like, they, they, like, so so houses are not even possible for these people
1: to live in. Right, it's like they hate,
0: right, like, the house itself is fine. It's paradigmatic of, like, the way society should be until you put human beings in it. Like they, like it's weird. It's like they hate themselves because they they have this relationship with the tenant, and I ah, dude, it, it's just a lot of psychology going
2: on there. I guess. I mean, to be a landlord though, you kind of like have to not just hate yourself but everyone else too because. The sort of, I don't know, the sort of social relation that constitute that is not one that's, like, there's always tension, right? The same way there's tension between the worker and the employer. There's always going to be tension between the landlord and the tenant. And, like, I just know, like, personally, like, you know, like, um family members, my mom, for example, it's just like, dude, she has a headache every fucking time. Like, her tenant is, like, pushing back about something or rent is late. Right. Something is, like, why the fuck would I want to rent out a home for that you know just for that reason alone right it's a fucking headache so of course you fucking hate people hate yourself man
0: yeah also another weird another weird thing or theme that i keep teasing out from this article is how many kids are there and how they're like being like i don't know social reproduction yes yes.
2: it's like they're
0: brought into the yes the reproductive process of being a landlord like the kid who was oh, wearing no. the suit and the 19 year old third generation landlord but like listen to this mm. eric m woolwind the names at this place are fucking <laughs> Woolwind. A- attended with his wife lila their realtors from ohio their kids came with them one wore a suit lila and eric have co-authored a book one of their kids has written two books on of his own listen to this if I can do it, so can you. How I started buying real
1: estate at age seven.
2: <laughs> dog. You know what? No, nah, I'm not even going to say that. You know what? I'm not say that. Whatever, man. No, go for, like... go for it. Go for it. Hey, man. You know how the Robanovs, man? Like, we took all of them. <laughs> Everybody, like, man, woman, child. Like, I don't know, man. Like, dog. As again, I've said on the podcast many times. I have no shame saying it. My mom's a landlord. Uh, when one of the houses that, because we have, we bought two homes, my parents bought two homes when they moved down here. They were able to. And apparently one of them also is in my name, right? Yo, my mom already knows that whenever she dies and that house gets passed to me, I'm not going to be a fucking landlord, dude. I'm not going to want to do that oh, shit. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing is that they want to re, they, of course, they want to keep it like this wealth, uh, this wealth, um, um, how can I say it? I guess like accumulation within the family. Generational. Right?
0: Yeah, they want to keep it. Generational. Right, yes. right. I mean, it, it makes sense because a house as an asset is a valuable yes. asset, and it's, it's, I mean, it's worth more money than just putting your money in the bank yeah. or, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, I mean, it, it makes sense, but, like, the ideological reproduction at work there is fascinating. Like, the kid writing a book, if I can do it, so can you, how I started buying real estate at age seven. Like, when I was seven, when I was, like, a kid, my, I would, like, make, like, little sprinklers. Like, I would get these, like, little, like, PVC pipes and, and like, these little sprinkler systems. They may have been about, like, two feet long. Just, like, little tiny things. And, like, I would sell them for, like, 20 bucks around the neighborhood. And, like, and I think, like, or, or you know, and maybe that's, maybe that's, like, a step up from even the most rudimentary, which is like just selling lemonade. Like most normal kids just fucking sell lemonade. Like these yeah. kids, like their parents are like, nah, we're gonna buy you a house and you're gonna yeah. learn how to be a landlord. And you're gonna, I mean, like, Im- imagine if your fucking landlord was seven years old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Romanov's motherfucker right with a Capri Sun just sipping it all ominously. <laughs> <honestly. laughs> Like, showing up in, like, hmm, a few months late now, Jeff. And then just, like, the little sucking noise on the Capri (laughs) Sun. Yeah. Yeah, he's said on your porch
2: before you even get home. (laughs) Save it, (laughs) Jeff. I've heard it all. (laughs) Oh, my God, man. Oh, shit. Also, too, like... I mean, like, at seven years old, like, motherfuckers are supposed to be, like, building treehouses, not, like, you know what I'm saying, buying actual homes, you know?
1: Hey, listen, I am just going to tell you right now, if I ever ran off a seven-year-old I'm gonna kill that child. <laughs> if I'm like a man in his forties and I'm so fucking destitute, I'm renting off a fucking seven-year-old. I'm gonna throw that motherfucker down a well. Okay, making motherfucker cough for lasses.
0: Just taking, yeah, just taking a break in between like the Teletubbies or Barney or whatever to fuck to fuck you. Just like
2: <laughs> it'll ride the shit out of right.
0: <laughs> um. During a presentation by Mike Warren, the most terrifying of the presenters, oh, awesome. Eric cracked a joke about his bad tenants spending all their money on Marlboros and Budweiser's.
1: Um, <laughs> Man, there's nobody that hates cigarettes and beer like a landlord. True. <laughs> Yo, for real. That's so true, Tom. <laughs> Like they hate they like if you're drinking it and smoking or whatever they think that that's a huge waste of money and if you're doing it on their property they get real yeah it attracts weird the, about it too it attracts
2: Yo, the wrong the, element
1: yeah, right that's dude, right
2: that's so true because when I lived in Brooklyn at this apartment with my friends the landlord he would see us smoking outside sometimes and always like have an attitude about it. it's like dude I'm outside you know what I'm saying yeah. just because I'm smoking doesn't mean I'm gonna go smoke inside even though we did a couple times
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he did a couple times Let's fuck that guy.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, I ain't getting my deposit back? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me stay in your walls. Um War d-
0: dude, I'll never forget that reminds me, I'll never forget when I was When I lived in Austin, uh, this is probably like a year after I graduated college. And like I had moved in with this guy. He was he was probably probably like 20 years old at the time I was like 23 or something like so I'd like I'd been renting for a long time since I was like 18 and it was his first it was the first time he had ever rented and I remember when we were moving out he was like yeah man like I was like yeah I keep calling them like the landlords I've been calling them like you know about to get our deposit back and everything he's like but I don't know I mean uh he's like but you know uh he's like "I'll, I'll just keep calling them I'm sure they'll answer something like that and I was like Dude, you you're not getting that money back i was like <laughs> i was like i was like i wrote that money off a long time ago man bro bro
1: yeah i've never got a deposit back dude yeah it's like going to the car back. dealership when you sign papers you've lost like eight brackets too <laughs> bro that's just the tax for not being able to own a home right like yes it's yeah you you it's like an extra month's
0: rent you're right tom you're it's a, it's a tax for not being able to <laughs>
1: It's punishment Yeah right
0: Um, Okay hold on Okay so this guy Mike (laughs) Warren Warren had been talking about the eviction moratorium I don't think that was fair he said I understand helping people in need But shouldn't that money have been paid to landlords specifically Where's the common sense in that You save one party help them out And give them free money that they can go out and buy doodads Depreciating assets Whereas landlords suffer Warren isn't the landlord.
2: <laughs> Bro, if you, if you gave it to the landlord, what the fuck would the landlord do with it? You give it to somebody else, they're gonna put that money right back into the economy, man. Shut the fuck up, dude. The, some, of these, <sighs> some
0: of these quotes are insane. Warren isn't a landlord. He's another kind of middleman. When a landlord has a court levied debt he can't collect... ...called a judgment, Warren buys it from the landlord for pennies on the dollar. It's like, he's another kind of parasite. Like, you know, there's so many different parasites in this fucking ecosystem. It's like a remora,
2: like, that has a remora, like, attached to it. Yeah. You
0: know? Then he goes after the debtor to claim money he was never originally owed. Warren informed the crowd that pets are personal property and that you can, if you'd like, repossess them from people you owe who owe you money. Even the landlord's groaned at this. That's brutal, a woman next to me said. Um
2: <clears throat> Yeah, let's let you go try to uh, repossess a pit bull or some shit. I wish I wish you'd would fucking would try.
0: Dog. Yeah, seriously, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. 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 <laughs> Just try it. Be my guest. Just like bite his fucking hand. Off. Yeah. yeah, he bites his fucking hand off. Yo, yeah. As a housing provider, we're providing a very valuable community service, uh, this woman said. If we weren't there, they would be under a bridge. And that's what the cities don't see. They just think that we're raking in the money. They don't see that you have taxes and insurance to pay. They don't see all the nitty-gritty. I love that. I love that. If we weren't there, they would be under a bridge. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Let me just say this, though, okay? So it's like, okay, sure, like somebody owns a house and they like rent that house up to you or whatever. But like they, mm. th- these motherfuckers are not doing that. These motherfuckers are accumulating properties that they tons of properties. They know they're going to have to pay taxes on going into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. Oh yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can't be like you can't be like, well, all these problems like motherfucker, you knew that shit or you should have known that shit before you fucking bought the properties, right? Right. These man. Uh it's so disingenuous, man. It, this
0: is yeah, it's Uh, This is the biggest lesson of the eviction moratorium and COVID. The government can use its power to upend your world. So the scary thing for landlords is, if they can do it with this, what else might come around that they say, hey, this is a quote from one of the landlords, hey, this is a situation where the government has to step in and change the rules. For that reason, many landlords have gotten out of the business. And then the writer says it's hard for me to even process what this means that suddenly a bunch of people whose mortgages are being paid for them by renters will suddenly leave the business and everyone will become homeless (laughs) only then will we realize the benevolence of these housing providers but the theory of housing underlying the other beliefs of the housing providers points in an odd way to something that could be viewed as inspiring what he's saying is that like regulations what it proves is that, like, government and regulations, when used properly, can intervene in this process and guarantee a living fucking situation for people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But no, I, I just, yeah, no, I know that logic kill, just drives me insane. If we weren't around, everybody would be homeless. Yeah. <laughs> just like,
2: yeah.
1: Just, I don't,
0: I mean, it's just, it just drives me fucking crazy. Just like the concept of a home. Right, I mean it's more than just like a structure But uh, at the end of the day It is a structure Like a roof over your head Heat or, you know, in winter uh, to uh, An escape from the heat in summer A place where you make your meals And like have fellowship with your loved ones Like, th- that, that can be, you know In its most elemental form I guess it can be done in a literal cave Right, it's just like the idea, though, that like landlords are
1: necessary. Among us, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For the more Neanderthal. you want to you
1: want to circumvent all this uh, all this mess? Just go live in a cave. (laughs) Go back. Go back to tradition, man.
0: It's interesting, though. Just it just gets at the idea that like they're they think that they see themselves as necessary for creating this commodity. Like they have a a very specific role in creating a value. Um, which they do in the system we live in, but it doesn't have to be that way. And COVID proved that it doesn't have to be that way. And they know it. And that's why they're fucking assholes are tight. Um, let's see. Okay, I'm gonna start wrapping things up here, but let's. I wanted to get to this one. Uh, this one, this landlord told me... Um, well, I don't know. Anyways, here a pull quote is um oh god, I'm going to have to boot cancer boy back down to 125. It's like it's a what? it's it's just like a landlord telling a story about having to boot a a person with cancer from his uh um rental property.
1: Jesus. I mean, yeah, it's, it's They just... do a seminar about how to do the tough evictions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cancer patients and those suffering from diabetes
2: So, I mean, like, this convention basically is, like, because you mentioned a quote earlier about the gray areas that landlords have to navigate. So, I mean, this is just the convention for not only con men, but, like, morally dubious and potentially, like, (laughs) committers of crime. Right? Uh Like, you know what I mean? Like, these people are all colluding about ways to fuck people over who Uh already, and this is the fucked up thing about the landlord position, is, like, dude, when you're looking at your tenant, somebody who is um who needs something from you, right? Who is not empowered, and you're looking at them as if they're your enemy, uh-huh. right? Or as if they're some kind of burden, that's just like completely fucked, man. Yeah. You know, but that's because of the social relation like the and class antagonism. That's the only way that they can look at tenants instead of human beings. Like you're inherently trying to fuck me over. Even though you're giving me money, you're right. right? There, there is something inherent in that
0: dynamic that forces them to view you as less than human. It's all exactly. over this article. Whether it's like the exactly. person booting the person with cancer, or mm-hmm. if it's the person who said like, "Oh, that'd be a nice house if you remove the tenants from it." It's just like they can't see. They cannot see their tenants as human. They have to be subhuman, uh, exactly. for that to. For, I mean, for all kinds of reasons. The, yeah. Obviously, the most obvious one is for that they, they can extract fucking surplus from them and they can use it as their own fucking income.
2: Exactly. But it's also so like, you know, 99.9% of most of them, all of them can sleep at night, right? Uh, yeah, so they exactly. they can sleep at night knowing the fact that like, you know what I'm saying? That they're lording over, landlord, you are lording over somebody, right? You're right. Over a necessity that they need, right?
0: Right, but it doesn't matter because they're subhuman. They drink, they drink exactly. Budweiser and smoke Sonoma Williams.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got for a little palate cleanser before we sign off here. We got away from it a little too quick, but I jotted down some uh, verses that I think make the biblical case that abortion's okay. Oh, good. So I want to share this with Jim Harbaugh. This is from. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 2 and 3. <clears throat> so I congratulated the dead who are already dead more than the living who are still living. But better off but better off than both of them is the one who has never existed, who has never seen the evil actually that is done under the sun. I love Ecclesiastes and Proverbs because parts of it just sound like dispatches from the player haters ball. <laughs> And then, of course, there's Job, who said that the the often-quoted prophet Job—well, not prophet, but Job—on this uh, program. Afterward—this is uh, Job 3, 1 through 19. Afterward, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth, and Job said— let the day perish on which I was to be born. And the night which said, a boy is conceived. (laughs) So this man, this man not only cursed the day he was born, he cursed the day he was conceived. So that's why the life starts at conception freaks.
2: No, this is like, Like I was saying earlier, man, (laughs) pro-abortion, because I hate
1: life. Life sucks, man. Joe, the the 16th verse of that same stanza says, Or like a miscarriage which is discarded, I I would not be as an infant that never saw the light.
2: Oh, man. Jesus,
1: uh, Job 10 and 19. This bastard's already got some real demons. I should have been as though I had never been carried from womb to tomb. <laughs> like so, in, in, in just one book of the Bible, my man <laughs> says not only does conception should be, <laughs> but also birth. <laughs>
2: You know, you know, you need to do, Tom. You know, even though like uh, 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 the show fucking sucks, but you know that West Wing episode, the famous West Wing episode. Where uh, President Bartlett uh uh pretty much owns that oh um, yeah yeah that that, uh, up, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah that anti that homophobic like, you need to do this with for Jim Harbaugh you know what I'm yeah you do, exactly that's what you do man go to like a uh, 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 Republican conventions and shit like that go to man.
0: a Michigan ball game go to a University of Michigan football <laughs> yeah,
1: game. <my> God, man, <laughs> I'm gonna cover myself in boils and sores and go to the Michigan ball game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that I was never born, coach. <laughs> On the 50 yard line, right. Like, as they're flipping the coin, you're the guy. Yeah, like, you know those
1: fuckers that always go for, like, abortion clinics and protest and do all that dumb shit? I'm just going <laughs> to protest Michigan games dressed as the prophet Job and talking about <laughs> how it was best I'd never been born. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, shit, man. Oh, man. Oh, boy.
0: Well. I'd say that about covers it today, boys. Uh, yeah, you you think so?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, slow news week. Yeah, well, I feel like I feel like I always say slow slow news week, and meanwhile, like there's like a war going on. There's like the rising tide of the fascism. There's like a, a bunch of different shit, but slow week for me. Uh, right, right,
0: right, right. Yeah, monkeypox I think is like uh becoming a thing. Actually, well, apparently
2: you can get by just touching someone's clothes, from what I've man. read at least, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, def- stay
0: safe
1: out there, folks.
2: Um, hey, Tom, Tom, what the Bible say about uh, plagues, man, and pandemics? And oh, there's a
1: lot of them. That's like <laughs> a lot of that. Well, if it's funny you say touching somebody's clothes because what? in the Bible, the woman that was suffering from the issue of blood had to touch the hem of Jesus' garment in order to be made whole. Uh-huh. But what if Jesus instead would have given her monkey pox? <laughs> <laughs> Just hasten her trip to the grave. What does it say about the, the
0: N-word? Nazarene. Nazar- Nazarene. Nazarene. <laughs> oh, Nazarene. <laughs> They're going to start, <laughs> preachers are going to start throwing that out in church service.
2: We all know the N-word. No, not that one. <laughs> Nazarene. <laughs>
1: Time when we were in Bible school, kids used to fuck with people. He would say, I'll give her something that's eight inches long and black. <laughs> and everybody would go, he would go, the Bible, the Bible. The Bible, of course, the Bible. <laughs> He'd say, yeah, I'd let her ride, all right. The church bus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, shit, dude.
0: Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening in this week. Uh, if you'd like to go support us and get more content, you can do that at www.patreon.com slash Workers Party. Uh, there's a lot, there's like two, there's over 200 motherfucking episodes over there. So, um, Hell yes. that's a pretty a good,
1: robust back catalog if yeah. ever there were one.
0: That's a pretty good deal for five dollars, if you ask me. That's, yeah, pretty, but that's a lot of content. Uh, so uh go go sign up at patreon and um if you do, we will see you on Sunday where we release an episode and if you don't, we'll see you next week. um so stay tuned. thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Peace out
1: Bye.